Mortal Kombat has begun, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. This is Caleb, your favorite Kung Fu fanatic. we got a very special guest with us today. He is with us all the way back in, I believe, Episode 3. I'm starting to lose track. But, uh, yeah, he was with us all the way back in Episode 3. No problem, just rush hour. Check that episode out if you haven't already. Uh, but, yes, it is... Um, it is the CEO of Destination Sports and one of my oldest friends. It's Monterius LaFierce. What's up, man? What's up, man? It's good to be back. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. How you been? I've been good, man. Working, working. Brand working. building. Yes. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, we were just talking about um, about some of the new stuff you've been putting now before we started recording. Um, you got some really nice tank tops coming out, which I think look really good. I might get one myself. Um, before we get into today's uh, subject, do you want to maybe give us a little hint of anything new you got coming out? Well, actually this morning I just added some new workout sets for the ladies. Um, <clears throat> two pieces, uh, bra, legging set, comfortable. You do home workouts in them if you're not a fan of going to the gym. Uh, as far as the fellas, I just added some new shoes on there. Uh, I'm not trying to add too many things right now. I'm kind of, you know, got a lot of inventory, so I'm just doing a little bit here, a little bit there. But if there, anything new, special is coming pretty soon, um, not at the moment. I think we're pretty good where we are right now. But like I said, a few things get had, added here and there, so just constant changing. Right on. <clears throat> That's all right. All right, yes. Yeah, so um, this is a uh, this is a very special episode today, guys. This is a bonus episode. It is neither a main entry of the cinema, and it's not a cinema quick kick either. But I felt the uh, the situation called for, considering you know there's um things have been shifted around quite a bit. But we're gonna do a very special bonus episode today. We're talking about the brand new Mortal Kombat film. This movie came out yes. Uh, or as of this recording, it came out yesterday, April 23rd. I watched it last night when I got home from work. I was going to watch it again before we started today, but um, I just didn't I just didn't really have the time. I was feeling really mellow after I got off work, and I just kind of sat around and played uh, played some video games. But um, but the, the movie is still very fresh on my mind, and I've got notes. So you know, um, I think uh, I think we're I think we're gonna uh, be able to like really dive into this and talk about what um. What happens? What we thought about it? The uh, reaction that this movie is getting—it's um overall fans of the Mortal Kombat franchise seem to enjoy it. Critics not so much, but you know most people don't really care what they have to say. This movie's for the fans, so it doesn't really—excuse <clears throat> me—doesn't really matter whether or not critics like it because the fans seem to like it, and that's important as uh, that's as important as anything. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, um, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it. We'll say right off the bat that Monterius and I we do have a we do have quite a bit to say, you know, both uh, <laughs> both positive and uh, and and a little more towards the negative side. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into that in just a second. So um, so yeah, and uh, and also right before uh, right before we jump into it, we want to go ahead and give you guys a quick spoiler alert because we will be talking about this movie in depth. You know, um, we I do realize that the movie just came out and a lot of people may not have had a chance to see it. But um, I just feel that I need to um, I need to go ahead and get this out of the way. I had planned to speak about this before, but as I had mentioned, it's been um, the film had been pushed back, and that threw things off a little bit for me. But um, but we're gonna go ahead and just uh, just kind of get this out of the way. I guess you know there's a lot of other things I want to be able to discuss, and I don't wanna I don't wanna have to shift uh, shift my schedule around too much. So yeah, we're gonna go ahead and jump into it. 
and uh, and get this out of the way. So, um, so yeah, the new Mortal Kombat movie just came out. It was directed by Simon McCoy and written by Greg Russo, or, or I should say co-written, excuse me. Um, and uh, what's interesting is that these two guys, both Simon McCoy and Greg Russo, this is a this is a first time deal for them. Like, um, this is Simon McCoy's first like like a feature film uh, debut. This is also Greg Russo's like screenwriting debut. Um, he's written some other things before, but this is like the first thing that he's actually gotten like a real gig on. And I thought that was um that that was a little concerning for me and that and it was that way for a lot of people i heard a ton of people saying that you know that the biggest concern was first time director first time screenwriter but um and the, you know those are all valid concerns of course but i think um i think they did pick uh they they did make a, a good choices because clearly these two guys are fans of the franchise and when you're doing an adaptation you got to pick people who actually like really know the source material and um, and 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 overall, I'll say you know, dis- despite my feelings on the movie, um, I will say that I do think that uh, picking these two guys was not a bad choice. I mean, how how do you feel about that, Monterius? Um, well, me personally, I'm I'm on the fence about uh, big major films taking on first time directors and writers. Um, I believe in certain movies, certain franchises, you kind of want somebody with a little bit more experience with the big time of the whole thing. But I have no problem with uh, new people getting an opportunity um, to shine because he could have knocked it out of the park and all he needed was one opportunity even though he's new. So it's 50 for, 50 for me. You know, I believe in people getting the opportunity, but certain franchises should definitely have a veteran behind the wheel. Yeah, they... um. And they did, in a sense, you know, they did have they did have James Wan as a producer, and he's done tons of movies. He, you know, he's been involved with Fast and Furious, uh, The Conjuring, um, Aquaman, which was pretty awesome. I love that movie. I love the Conjuring films as well. So James Wan, James Wan's a big name, and right. um, yeah. But well, with that being said, I I don't know. This is just me talking. I do not know how much of a hand he had in this movie. For all I know, he probably just kind of had his name attached to it, but he probably wasn't wasn't too involved with like shooting it and stuff like that but that's that's just me talking like that's the that's really there, there's really no information i could really find on how much of a, of a hand he had in this it's definitely possible um he might have actually had a big hand but at the end of the day it, whatever makes the movie is up to the director so even though james might have had his opinion how much of his opinion was actually used in the movie you gotta think about that too yeah i think um i believe originally whenever this 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 film like or, or, or I'll say this 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 particular screenplay was actually whenever it, it was um it first first came into development James Wan um I think people actually wanted him to direct but I think I think I I don't know again I don't know there's not a lot of information but I don't think he he really wanted to I don't think he was that interested he did I I think he did like want to want to be involved and so he ended up uh he ended up getting a producer producer label there but um. But I do believe that that at at some point people did want him to direct, and obviously that just didn't happen. But um, that that's uh, that's Hollywood for you, you know. A lot of uh, you know directors, producers, they all come and go. Right. Yeah. So um, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and uh, jump right into the story of uh of this this adaptation, Mortal Kombat, and uh, see um you know we'll see where uh where this goes and um. You know, and give our opinions on 
on how we felt the story went, how we felt the cast was, and and of course, you know, what everybody wants to hear about is the the action, the fight scenes, you know, and and there is definitely a lot to cover, so we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it. So um, this uh, excuse me, this adaptation of Mortal Kombat. It starts with um, it starts in feudal Japan in the 17th century, and we've got Hanzo Hisashi, who is also known as Scorpion, and Bihan, who is also known as Sub Zero, the original Sub Zero, and, um, and and this was actually a really good start for the movie, if you ask me. I I really like the feudal Japan setting, and you know that's just. I guess that's just my my Japanese showing or something like that, but um, <laughs> but I, lo- I I did like that. It looked really good, and um, and uh, you know, and, and um, the 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 two actors who play Scorpion and Sub Zero are really really good. I think they made fantastic choices. We got Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion, and then we got Joe Taslim as Sub Zero. Again. Great choices. I love both of them. Hiroyuki Sonata is a legend. Probably one of the best actors of all time it's like like not just um not just in japanese uh cinema but in in hollywood as well because he's done a ton of he's done a ton of films with uh um over here in the states done a ton of films over in japan so he was a fantastic choice i really don't think they could have excuse me could have done any could have done any better than hiroki sonata and again, same thing with Joe Tassel. He is fantastic as well. Um, I love Joe Tassel. He was he was in The Raid, which is one of my favorite action films. Absolutely love The Raid, and he was great in that movie. And um, he's also in the TV show Warrior, which is also really good. He's also fantastic in that movie. And and he is probably um, many people um, have uh, are in agreement that Sub Zero is one of the best things about this movie like like as far as characters go it, it's it's Kano and then there's Sub-Zero <laughs> so so yeah again Joe Tassel fantastic choice for Sub-Zero I agree yeah and, and Sub-Zero is one of my favorite characters too so whenever whenever they uh whenever they said he was gonna be Sub-Zero I was like that is fucking perfect <laughs> like, like I, I I was 100% on board with that yeah my uh like you said Choice for Scorpion, absolutely perfect. My only thing was I wasn't sure, because he is a little bit older, I wasn't sure if they wanted to go into this franchise with an older actor, of course, because there are supposed to be movies movies coming along down the road. Um, But I don't think that that factored in this movie at all. I think he did a great job. Uh, I'm happy to be wrong on that. So, um, yeah, the opening sequence, they... I would say they put the best sequence in at the very beginning. I think it's one of those cases. Uh, everybody knows the age-old uh, rivalry between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Uh, to reiterate what you said, Sub-Zero is one of my absolute favorite characters as well. And um, I don't think that I've ever seen Sub-Zero be made to look so dominant before. So this mm-hmm. was a breath of fresh air to see him get the best of Scorpion in the very beginning and really throughout the movie. I think they set Scorpion up his character to be the perfect antagonist. Yeah. Um, and that was actually um, going, uh, backtracking a little bit to Hiroki Sonata's age. That was a little bit of concern for me too. It it, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a huge deal for me, 
But um, whenever I found out that he was Scorpion, and then we had like Joe Tass on the Sub Zero, I, I I I immediately thought there's a bit of an age gap right there because Hiroki Sonata is sixty, I think now, yes, and Joe Taslim is like thirty eight, you know. So I was like, wow, we got a guy who's nearly twenty year, or over twenty years older than he is, and I was, but but again, you know that 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 clearly was not a factor here because Hiroki Sonata did great like as as um e- even like in choreography you can still he's still in you can tell that he's still in fantastic shape and he and he really he, he really nailed like the physical aspect of playing scorpion so so yeah that that was obviously not an issue here um but yeah so the the uh, the film starts we get we get the we get like a we get a, an introduction to the rivalry between scorpion and sub-zero and this was the first time that we've actually seen it on like in live action form, you know, we did get we did get the animated film Mortal Kombat uh, Legend Scorpion's Revenge, which that that was very similar. It, it was it was centered around Scorpion and Sub Zero as well, but this is like the first live action iteration we've gotten to that, and it looked really good. I liked it, and um, and when I found out that they were going to be doing um, they were going to be starting the film this way, like in in feudal Japan and everything, I had the, I had a thought like, man, I I think it'd be really cool if they did. Mortal Kombat in that setting, you know, where they go like way back, way way back, and you know we got you know we got like samurai and and um they could have put the great Kung Lao in there and like like because you know he was like a he was a like a legit Shaolin monk, you know I think that would have been really interesting and maybe someday we'll get something like that, but um I I really I really wanted to see kind of like a more a more ancient take on Mortal Kombat rather than the modern setting that they ended up going with after this first sequence gets out of the way. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, I agree. I will. When the, when it first came on, um, I didn't think it was going to go that way at all. Um, but it would be an interesting idea if they did start that way, all the ancestral characters mm-hmm. being the focal point. But um, I think we all knew it was going to go towards the modern time. Um, the on-screen chemistry from the very beginning between those two um it really it set the tone for the movie because if you botch the opening fight sequence of a movie i mean it kind of resonates towards the rest of the film i believe because i think if you're going to start with that fight sequence it has to come off strong because that's really a fight you save for the end you don't expect to get two premium fights out of those two so um, I think, like I said, I think it was a pleasant surprise to start right there. I think they did an absolutely amazing job. And um, I must say that, like I said, I just must say that seeing Sub-Zero get the upper hand of Scorpion from the very beginning really warmed my heart. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it just did. It really did because I did not expect it. I think most fans who... No, who played the video game? Everybody knows Scorpion is almost an unbeatable character. He, yeah, he's he's always he's <laughs> always he's been on the cover the last several he's years. He's the poster boy, and we yeah. all know that everybody you know that Sub Zero has his fan base, but they've never made Sub Zero to be on the same level as Scorpion. So, like I said, I love to see the opening sequence turn out the way that it did. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was it was an overall really good opening sequence. I did. I did have one small complaint, though, and and, and well, I okay. Let me let me rephrase that. I, I can't say it's a small complaint because this is something that happens throughout the rest of the movie, 
and it's the fight scene. The fight scene between these two guys is good from a choreography standpoint, but we run into a problem immediately, and it and it sticks around for the rest of the movie, and that's... And I'll go ahead and just get out of the way now. The fight scenes have an absurd amount of cutting away. Like, I don't know what happened here, but the way they edit these fights, I did not like it. Like, and, you know, and, and again, um, when I do... When I oh, I just hit the table. Sorry about that. <laughs> when I do um when I do episodes like this, I watch um obviously I watch a ton of movies that are that have really good fight scenes and and some bad ones, and I'm kind of in the middle here because like I said, great choreography, horrible editing, and and I wish you know and I had mentioned this to you before we started recording. I really wish you know, people would take a page out of out of Hong Kong's book because in Hong Kong cinema, their fight scenes and many other and particularly in like Jackie Chan's films, um, the fight his fight scenes um are all they're like mostly they're all wide shots, not as much cutting, you can see everything. Here um there are some wide shots, you'll notice it, but then there's also, again, just way too much cutting. And that really took me out of it. I just couldn't I, I, I could not I could not stay invested in it. Every time a fight scene happened, and there's and they just keep cutting away, I just kept having to stop and be like, "Why are you cutting so much?" <laughs> well, I would say that um, I wouldn't. I don't think I necessarily had as much of a problem with the cutting at the very beginning, as long as the fight at the end was more focal. You know, so as long as they didn't do the cutting at the end and we truly got to see a great choreographed battle between the two, I don't think that the cutting initially before I finished the rest of the film, I don't think the cutting would throw me off necessarily, excuse me. I don't think the cutting throw me off necessarily because um it's it still gave you opportunity to get it right towards the end. But I understand your sentiment on that. Yeah, I don't I th- I feel like a and I mean, I'll probably have to rewatch that last fight scene again, but I still feel like there was a lot of cutting in that too. Like, like I had just said, like there, this felt like a problem throughout the whole thing. Like it. Well, maybe adding the third person in there led to the cutting in that because I think if it was just them two, I think it would have been a lot less cutting. But when you that, add a yeah. third character into a fight, then there you have to cut here and there. So that's really what threw it off. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, but yeah, so after um after that um after that opening sequence, um, uh you know everybody knows what happens. Scorpion dies, and he goes he goes to the nether realm. But um, but they actually did make a change here. You know, like they um the, the, and and this is how this is how they were able to to start um or or to use. Like for the story they wanted to tell, this is the change they had to make because you know that that's that's how it is with adaptations. You got you do have to make changes here and there, and this is the change that they made. So, in this film, Hanzo Isashi, also known as Scorpion, um, the story originally was that his wife and his son were killed by Sub Zero or by Quan Chi, disguised as Sub Zero, as we later found out down the find out down the road in the games. This does not happen in the movie. Um, uh. But yeah, so his wife and son were killed, but they actually did make a change here, and that is instead of having just a wife and a son, he has a wife and a son and a daughter, like a, a little a little baby girl, and and um when I found out that that's what they were like that they had added like a, a little girl in there, I was like, there it is, <laughs> it's like that's what they're doing right there, right. 
I think that threw me off too. I was like, I had to think about it. Did he have a daughter? Yeah. I was like, no, I don't think that. I don't think that's part of the history. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> as everybody knows at this point, Mortal Kombat has um has many different timelines. So, you know, I, I guess that that's just how people are seeing it. You know, they just it's like, well, it's a it's another it's another timeline. It's a different take, which is which is fine. You know, mm-hmm. so um. So yeah, um, Scorpion of course uh, dies along with his wife and his son. The girl survives though, and she is taken away to safety by Raiden, who is um, played by Tata Nobu Asano in this film. And I mentioned this before; I'll say it one more time. I am so proud that we have a Japanese actor playing Raiden here, because <laughs> you know Raiden, of course, is based on a Japanese god, and 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 um, I don't know why it took them so long to figure <laughs> you know to fi- to figure that out, you know, because we had we had um. We had two two uh, two white guys playing Raiden in previous films, and and uh, yeah, I don't know why it took so long, but I'm glad they finally did, and they got a Japanese actor to play Raiden here. <laughs> well, you already know how I feel about the cast in the original movie, so <laughs> yeah, I'm go there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so the film the film cuts to modern day, and then we meet our new character. Cole Young, who is played by Louis Tan. <clears throat> Initially, we do not really know anything about Cole Young. He's, we, we, excuse me, all we know is that he is just a guy who is an MMA fighter. At one point, he was he was a very promising champion and stuff like that, and then he just kind of, just kind of fell off, and then just started getting his ass kicked for a living. <laughs> so he has a wife and a daughter that he cares about, and um, and uh, he has a uh. He has a dragon marking on his chest, which is something that we had seen just previously in the first sequence that uh, uh, Hanzo Asashi has one as well on his arm. And so, and so, yeah, Cole has one on his chest. And um, so after after getting beat up in a fight in an MMA fight that he that he loses, he um, while he's out having dinner with his family, um, he um, uh, he and his family get attacked. By Sub Zero, who is somehow still alive, e- even after centuries and s- even after centuries and centuries have gone by, Sub Zero is somehow still alive. Which that was something that kind of bothered me. I was I remember thinking like like they said this film is going to start in the 17th century and then and then uh, switch over to modern day. And I was like, well, how is Sub Zero still alive? And well, and a couple of my friends had said, I'm sure they'll explain it. They didn't though. <laughs> He's just there. <laughs> well, maybe you look at um, how we think that if we freeze ourselves, that we can remain ageless for a long period of time. And since he's the ice god, I guess that that's... would lead him to be able to live for centuries and centuries. I guess that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's a t- um, so uh, Cole and his family are attacked by Sub Zero. They are they end up being rescued by Jax, who is played by Makad Brooks in this film. And um, I uh, I really like Makad Brooks as Jax. He's a he he's a good actor, and um, and I thought it, I thought it was a good choice too for him to for him to play Jax. I do I do love I do remember whenever all the uh, the pictures from the film first came out, and everybody was saying that he looked like Steve Harvey, <laughs> which was really funny. Which I guess that was like one of the one of the one of the cool things to come out of that. Um, I think I'm on the opposite line of that. You don't um, like him? I wasn't a fan of the choice. Um, I'm not saying I don't like him as an actor, but as Jax, I wasn't too thrilled about it. I would have preferred Michael Jai White. 
I'm just, you know, I think he played a good Jack in the little series that they had. Yeah. Before, I think he was just been more perfect for the role than Makai. Right. Yeah. Um. I I can definitely understand that. I mean, uh, Michael Jai White is a um. And that dude's a, that dude's a legend, you know. It, especially in the action film industry. I mean, everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. He's a he is super badass. But um. I don't know. This is this is gonna sound kind of weird, but I feel like he might be kind of short. <laughs> to, to play Jax because Macon Brooks is big, you know. So, I mean, Michael Michael is jacked, you know. Don't get me wrong, he is like ripped, but uh, <laughs> but I feel like he looks like he's probably five seven, maybe. <laughs> I think he's a little taller. I think maybe he's six feet. is he? Yeah, like, <laughs> I think Michael Jax six feet. I could be wrong, yeah, but Makad is he's pretty tall though, you know. So I think I mean I would have picked a taller guy. Yes, so. but I mean. I, but how how often do movies get physical attributes right down to the T? I mean, I don't, I don't think it would have mattered. They hardly ever do, yeah. Yeah. But, and, you know, and then again, you know, there, there there would be ways, like, digitally to make Michael look taller. You know, because cause they they do that, um, like, in, uh, uh, in the film, like, Dark Knight Rises, like, Tom Hardy and Christian Bale. Tom Hardy, who played Bane in that film, he's actually shorter than Christian Bale, but they, they shot it in certain ways to make him look taller, you know? So, so that that's something they could have done here if they had if they had ended up using him. Yeah, well, yeah and just just to uh, clarify, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking more of, like, um, character-based. Uh, I just think Makai is a little more <sighs> laid-back, as far as his personality, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't feel that's what Jax is. So that's why right. it was hard for me to see him doing that because I don't I didn't think he could um, bring out the the full the full character. So I mean, right. but you know, I think he did okay. Yeah, he was he was good. I liked him. He had a couple of good lines too. Like uh, like I, I love at the um, I love it at the towards the end whenever he he kills uh, Reiko. You know, does the does like the the head the head clap move. Mm-hmm. And and then he, I forgot what he said. It was like he like does that move on him, and then he's like, uh, <laughs> he like looks at his arms. He's like, he's like, yeah, these fuckers will work. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. I laughed at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, Jax rescues Cole and his family, and we and we learn that Jax has the same dragon marking that Cole has, and he t- and he explains to him that you know that it's um so Cole, unlike everyone else, Cole was born with that dragon mark. Everyone else got it from someone, and um but Cole was the only person to be born with it. So he thought it was just a bu- uh, excuse me, he thought it was just a birthmark. But you know, Jax has to explain to him that it's not just a birthmark. It's um you know that it, it means he's been chosen to fight for Earth Realm, and he tells he tells Cole get your family to safety and go find my partner Sonya Blade. And uh, and Jax takes off to fight Sub-Zero because, like we said, Sub-Zero is pursuing Cole and his family. Mm-hmm. So he takes off to fight Sub-Zero. And during that fight, Jax ends up losing his arms. You know, um, Sub-Zero freezes them and then shatters them. Which, and, and that's just, uh, that's another, like, creative liberty they took. But then again, there are a lot of, there are different stories um, about how Jax lost his arms and they just made a new one. It's not a. It's not really an issue. You know, it's uh, just another way to build Sub Zero as a badass. Yeah, exactly. And um, but you know, like uh, in Mortal Kombat Nine, the 2011 game, Ermac took his arms, and there's a uh, there's um there's an old Mortal Kombat comic book where Baraka like cut Jax's arms off. So yeah, there's just different stories. Um, but yeah, so Jax loses his arms, and um. And Cole, he he sends his family to hide in some uh, 
some like cabin or something out in the middle of nowhere, and he takes off to go find Sonya. He finds Sonya, and she explains to him that um, that her and Jax, you know, they're special forces. They've been investigating. Um, they've been investigating the Mortal Kombat tournament for many years. They've had their eye on Cole for a long time, and um, you know, and they're trying to find out how to get to Raiden's temple. Because that's where that's where um, that's where all Earth, all of Earthrealm's chosen fighters train, and uh, and then we also of course meet Kano, who is played by Josh Lawson, and and uh, as we had, as I mentioned before, um, Kano is one of the best parts of this film, and everybody is in agreement that he is because he he does have some very good lines. He he's really funny, <laughs> which I did not expect them to do with Kano. I mean, I know they did address early on that Kano was going to be like the comedy relief. So I understood that, but I still I still, I still thought that was kind of strange, because you know typically in in like in the in like in pretty much in any adaptation, like whether it's the video games or it's like the old cartoon series or something like that, Kano is not really portrayed as being a funny guy. He's just he's just like very like very uh, like rude and and <laughs> he's like always always just sh- like shit talking people but here like he's like trying to be trying to like make jokes and stuff like that so it was kind of unexpected but i still liked it it was it was cool yeah there's a thing well who else could they have bestowed that honor upon really nobody's really a comedic relief character i think that's the best option you could actually go with well no, there's johnny cage but he's not funny what <laughs> you no. don't think he's funny no he's not funny. i love johnny he's hilarious I love johnny too but he's not Funny. Yeah, I'm really disappointed he wasn't in this movie. I've said that before already, so I'm not gonna dive into that. But yeah, I wish he had been in this movie. Hopefully, we get a sequel. It's though. a good thing he was not in this movie. I don't think even he could have saved this movie. You don't think it would have worked? No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah, I mean, but you know, again, hopefully we get a sequel. You know, and that we and we do see him because obviously but that's up to the fans. You know, you can't be trashing it on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we definitely need um we definitely need people to rally and uh. And campaign for a sequel because, because you know, if a if the if the if the lukewarm reaction kind of continues, they they may not decide to move forward with it, and that would be very disappointing. So, and we cannot be left with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always there's there's always a chance for for more and to do better, you know. So, yeah, but anyway, so um. So while Cole and Kano and Sonya are trying to figure out how to get to Raiden's temple and where it is, they are attacked by a reptile. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate to be negative, but I did not like the way he looked. This is not me dogging the movie. This is me dogging the design because they have used a similar design on Reptile in Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance where he looked like a fucking crocodile or something. And I didn't like it back then. I didn't like it then and I don't like it now. I just, I did not like that design. I I feel like they could have gone more, more like, like reptile humanoid, like ninja looking thing. But no, they, they go with like iguana slash crocodile. <laughs> I think it's funny that they just always use reptile as a punching bag. It seems like every time yeah. you see a reptile, he looks like a threat, but he's really not. Yeah, they just easily get rid of him. Right. Okay, reptile. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, reptile attacks him, and then Kano kills him by ripping his heart out, which is our first on-screen fatality. Which it looked cool, you know, and and Kano's heart rip fatality is classic. Everybody loves that fatality, and um, 
you know, and we do we do get a fun we do get the funny line, you know, where he rips the heart out and he's like, Kano wins, you fucking beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was yeah. good. Um yeah. yeah, and so uh so yeah, Kano and Cole and Sonya, they they uh they they make their way to uh, Raiden's temple. They they get on a plane and they fly out to the desert and they just start walking trying to figure out where where the temple is. And this is where we meet Liu Kang, who is played by Ludi Lin. And I'll say Ludi Lin was a good choice. I like him as an actor, and um, I think he was a good choice for Liu Kang. Um, Liu Kang is one of my favorite characters. Like in in my top three, Liu Kang is my number two. Like my Johnny Cage is my first, but I love um I love Liu Kang. And I thought I thought Ludi Lin was a good choice. I was kind of disappointed at um, at uh, Liu Kang does play a mentor role in this, and he does a pretty good job. But I just I don't know if I liked him being the mentor. Like I I he's the, he's the chosen one, you know. And I feel like I feel like um, I feel like they could have. Uh, but but then again, like I, I don't even know if I should say this because. Because it's it's a different take, and you know we've got Cole Young now, and that was that was my concern, you know, that I had with Cole Young is that he's just gonna kind of be overshadowing everybody, and he's gonna be the new the new main character and the new chosen one. And I was I was I remember just thinking like, why couldn't they do that for Liu Kang? Because because Liu Kang is he's a popular character. There are plenty of people who love Liu Kang, and mm-hmm. but you know. Some people don't realize that in the late '90s and into the early 2000s, Liu Kang was kind of hated by some people, you know, for being, you know, like bland or or one-dimensional or boring things that I do not agree with. I think Liu Kang can be very interesting if written correctly, but um, yeah, I don't, I just, I don't know if I liked him in the mentor role. I feel like, I feel like his role was just a little too small in this. Well. When we're first introduced to him, immediately we get a fireball, which that was cool. I will, <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say that. that which I was like, that was really cool. Okay, we're starting with that. All right. So I was like, okay. When I saw that, I was like, okay, we, we got a badass little king here. You know, he's just come out of nowhere shooting fireballs. Kano deserved it, of course he does. Yeah. But yeah, and then like you said, he does take on the mentor role. Uh, like I mentioned before we started this, I just I felt like. They, they did make him look a little soft in this role in this movie um I just I'm used to like I said, I'm used to Luke Kang being the the lead in Mortal Kombat everybody know he's a household name so to see him really just play the guy that's trying to get the the new chosen one to be ready for battle is it, it was just it's weird but like I said it's a new adaptation this is a new fan base that come in even though it's a lot of us old originals out there there yeah. are a lot of new kids who are being introduced to this so this is a new story for them um, but I agree with you I, I don't like the way Luke Kane was used in this movie and if we do get sequels hopefully we can get some somewhat back to the old Luke Kane we've seen before yeah I mean I, I definitely I would definitely like them to put him a little more front and center in the future which you know um but again, you know, we 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 need people to like want a sequel. You know that that's got to happen if if we want if we want a chance for that. You know, so we'll just see where it goes. But um, yeah, anyway, so Cole, Kano, Sony, they meet Liu Kang. Liu Kang takes them to Raiden's temple, and they're excuse me, um um, 
and it turns out they take him to Raiden's temple. We we see Raiden, and um, and we get like a little backstory on Mortal on like the Mortal Kombat tournament and everything like that. And this was a pretty cool. This was a pretty cool scene too. I really liked all the Easter eggs. Like whenever they walk into Raiden's temple, you see like Katana's fans. You see Shinnok's amulet, which I thought was really cool. And it was funny how Kano tried to steal it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I was looking for Katana this whole movie. Yeah, yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people were disappointed that she wasn't in this either. Yeah, but apparently they are saving all the good stuff for the sequels if we get them. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, like I said, we we see like Shinnok's amulet, which was cool. It was mm-hmm. funny when Kano tried to steal it, and we see like cool paintings of like the uh, the great Kung Lao when he defeated Shang Tsung. We see like a, a a cool cool painting of Shao Kahn, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and then, uh, but anyway, uh, moving on, um, we find out that Jax is also at Raiden's temple. He's still alive, even after losing his arms, and they are um, they are taking care of him mm-hmm. at the temple. And um, and uh, and Liu Kang, um, he he explains to Sonya and Kano and Cole that um, that they need to start training. However, Sonya cannot train because she does not have the dragon marking. Mm-hmm. She is she is the only one who doesn't. So they do not train her. They just kind of like they're just they just feel you know like you don't have the marking. Clearly, you haven't been chosen. So you know, like it's it's just not really worth the time. <laughs> at this well, really, point. if you know Sonya Blade, she really didn't need the training. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, so uh, so Liu Kang and um. Luke Hang and Cole Young and Kano, like they're um they're all gonna train together so that Cole and Kano can can tap into their Arcana, which is which is a hidden power that everyone with the dragon marking has. Um and uh and right before training can start, um Shang Tsung and uh Sub Zero and Melina show up at Raiden's temple and try to try to attack them. And um you know, and I'll say right here, uh, Shang Tsung. Like this is this is um this is not our introduction to him. We do see him a little earlier on, but this this is like a for me this is like a real a real establishing moment for Shang Tsung, who in this film is played by Chen Han, and he was a really good choice as well. I like Chen Han, and he is um he was he was for me he was intimidating as Shang Tsung. Like the way he you can tell by the way he carried himself and the way he spoke and stuff like that. He 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 got really into this and. And they definitely sold me on the character Shang Tsung. I thought Shin Han was a really good choice. Um, I still don't think anybody can ever replace Kerry Tagawa as Shang Tsung. Absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, I know he's old, but I would have loved to just seen a little cameo. Yeah. He is Shang Tsung. If they ever wrote a character for somebody, it's him. Oh yeah, he 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 did. He most certainly is. And even if they wanted to do like um like the original Mortal Kombat game, the first one where Shang Tsung was old, they most certainly could have gotten carried to come and do that too to play old Shang Tsung. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, Shin Han, great choice. You know, I I am definitely on board with that. I I liked him, and I think I think he could do some good things if we if we see more of him in the future. So. So yeah, anyway, Shang Tsung and Sub-Zero and Melina show up to attack. However, Raiden prevents them from entering the temple by creating a shield with his uh, his lightning staff. And Shang Tsung and Sub-Zero and Melina, they're like, okay, we'll be back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is also where we get our introduction to Kung Lao, who is played by Max Wong. Kung Lao is probably the best-looking character in this in this movie. I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to take um, or talk about... Um, you know, 
the best way to take a character from a game and translate him to the big screen. Kung Lao is a perfect example of that. He looked great. I really liked the way he looked. I just want to make it on record. Kung Lao is probably my favorite character. Um, anytime I would play Mortal Kombat, I feel like I could beat anybody with Kung Lao. He just, um, like you gave your top, your top three. My three, Kung Lao is definitely one. Uh, I say Johnny Cage too, and three surprisingly, Kenshi. Kenshi I love nice. me some Kenshi. I think he's a very underrated character, yeah. not really displayed enough. Hopefully, we get to see him at some point down the line too. But Kenshi, those are my top three. But I love Kong Lao, which is why um, I already did not like Shang Tsung naturally. Um, so <laughs> saying that Kong Lao is my favorite, you understand why in this movie I absolutely hate Shang Tsung a thousand times more now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, we meet, this is where we meet Kung Lao. And so Kung Lao and Liu Kang take it upon themselves to train both Kano and Cole, excuse me, and, um, and teach them how to tap into their arcana. Um, initially, it doesn't quite work for either of them. Kano does figure out how to do it, which it was kind of funny the way they do it. Like they're all eating and everybody's just picking on, on Kano. <laughs> and, but then he, like, he, he, like, he's able to, like, use his anger and like tap into it and he just shoots a laser right out of his eye which i really don't like how he didn't have the metal eyepiece he might get it later though right (laughs) that 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 was kind of like okay so it's just coming out of his regular eye all right yeah it's just like a special power apparently even though yeah even though like the the uh he was scratched so he, he they had an opportunity to give him that yeah and they didn't but you know again we might get that at some point um but yeah, so Kano is able to tap into his Arcana. Cole, however, is not. Even like no matter how hard he trains and how uh, and how like devoted he is, he just can't seem to do it. He and you know and 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 eventually Raiden decides that because Cole can't tap into his Arcana, he can't help them. He's he's just a liability now, and so he lets Cole go back home. <laughs> And but right before he goes home, right before he sends Cole home, he Raiden explains to Cole that he is a descendant of Scorpion. You know, like we had mentioned earlier, Scorpion had a daughter who survived at the beginning of this film, and um, and the bloodline of Hanzo Asashi continued through her. And so yes, Cole is a very, very, very distant relative of Scorpion. <laughs> so Raiden explains that to him and lets him go, lets him uh, go back home to his family. And um, and while uh while Cole is back with his family, Shang Tsung attacks again. Only this time, he's got more people with him. He's got Cabal, who looked really fucking cool. I love the way Cabal looked. <laughs> he sounded really cool. He looked really cool. I thought that I thought that was another another pretty good uh, excuse me, a pretty good example of translating a video game to screen for mm-hmm. characters. Cabal looked really cool. But uh, yeah, he's got Cabal, he's got Reiko, and um, and so Cabal is able to convince Kano to turn on the um, on the uh, the heroes, which I honestly called that. Like whenever whenever everybody was saying Kano was gonna be like a good guy in this, and I was like, I, I remember thinking, <laughs> I seriously doubt that. I'm pretty sure he's gonna turn on them, and they're all gonna be like, Kano, how could you? <laughs> and that's pretty much what happened. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, Cabal convinces Kano to join their side, and Kano disables the shield that Raiden created, 
to keep them out. And so Shang Tsung and Melina and Sub-Zero and Cabal and Reiko and as well as Natara, they also, they, they all break into, uh, they all break into, uh, Shanks, uh, Raiden's Temple, excuse me, into Raiden's Temple and they all, um, they all start fighting. And, um, and th- this is, um, the, this particular sequence was a huge problem for me. Be, and, and there's two of them as well because there's a, we get another sequence later. But th- this is kind of how it all started. I did not like what they did here, where they just kind of intercut a whole bunch of fights together. It happened way too quick, and and there there's like there's like cutting away within the fight scenes, but then they just keep cutting back to other fight scenes, and I, it was it was just maddening. I, I did not like it. However. It wasn't a total loss because we did get to see Kung Lao split Natara in half with his hat. That was fucking awesome. I love that. I loved it. That was my favorite part right there. Is beautiful. Yeah, he splits her in half with his hat. That's one of my favorite fatalities too. Like they've they've done um like he he's had fatality a fatality like that in Mortal Kombat Nine as well as Mortal Kombat X, and that's one of my favorites. I thought that was really cool, and it was cool. I put his hat when he put his hat back on and said "Flawless Victory." Like I, I like right. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then uh, but then we cut back to um, we cut back to Cole who is back with his family. Um, he is attacked by Goro, which <laughs> mm. I'm sorry, but Goro. They completely wasted that character. They did. Oh my goodness. But you know, I'm sure they'll bring him back, you know, because nobody stays dead in Mortal Kombat. But <laughs> I just I didn't like how they 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 used him to they used him to just throw at Cole so that Cole can have that moment where he finally taps into his arcana and <laughs> I just want people to understand that Goro is supposed to be Almost an unstoppable creature. Yeah, he's the and he's the he's Cole, the he's the current champion right and, now. And and, and 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 from the beginning, Cole lost his MMA fight. So how do you go from losing your MMA fight to beating Goro? Yeah, that just that part in the movie just didn't sit well with me because I'm like. You first of all, you didn't even build up Goro in the first place. You really he just showed you just, up. He just showed up. Like who is he? And for the people who are not familiar with the franchise, who is this big awesome creature that's so easy to beat? I mean, yeah. Trust me, people. He's a lot stronger than they made him look. <laughs> okay, so they yeah. did Goro no service whatsoever. Yeah, I did. I didn't really like that. I didn't like how they just kind of threw him at, threw him at Cole. And and what was what was interesting was that whenever they. Whenever we found out Gora was going to be in the film, because no nobody knew that they, and then they showed him in the trailer, so it caught us all completely by surprise that Cole, that Gora was in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember them saying that Goro plays a very pivotal role in this movie. No, oh, I guess he did. Of course he does. <laughs> he exists so that Cole can tap into his Arcana. So yeah, not not a very smart move. Anytime if you ask me. Kano looks stronger than Goro, that's an issue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Cole is able to defeat Goro, and then he ends up, he, he ends up portaling his way back to Raiden's temple to help, help them fight off Shang Tsung and his, uh, his, uh, his lackeys. Um, and in the process, Kung Lao gets killed. Uh, Again. This is the second time that they've done this. The first time was in Mortal Kombat 9. I hated it then. And I hate it now. I do not like how they just killed him off. <laughs> and my issue was how easy they made it look. I mean, yeah, he just Sh- had this flawless victory. And, and then Sh- next thing you know, Shang Tsung sticks his hands out. Like your soul is mine. sucks his soul. I mean, yeah. what? Yeah. 
I was I didn't even want to finish the movie at that point. That was that hurt my heart. Yeah, I I um I I was concerned about that too. That was like a huge concern for me. Like before the movie came out, I remember thinking to myself, I feel like Kung Lao is gonna die. Like I did not read anything. I, knew it. I saw it. I didn't read anything. I didn't see anything. But I just had this thought: like I feel like he's going to die, and and they did it. I and feel I was like there was a lot of it. foreshadowing to that happening because anytime Shang Tsung was doing something, here comes Kung Lao just interrupting yeah, the process. Just, just, just to get so he just away. became a pest, and I was like, oh, Kung, Shang Tsung got to take him out. Yeah, that's just what kill it him. is. <laughs> yeah, I did. I didn't like that. I thought that was just not right. Right. And, um, but anyway, um, so yeah, Kung Lao dies and, and Shang Tsung's guys have just decimated Raiden's guys. And so Raiden, uh, transports them to, to the void, which is like a safe place between, between Earth, Rome and Outworld. And, um, and they try to figure out what they're going to do. Unfortunately though, um, uh, everybody's kind of given up since Kung Lao is dead. You know, they feel like they can't do it. They can't do anything now since Kung Lao is dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just sucked the li- literally sucked the life out of the group. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but um, but Cole he he convinces everyone that they got to keep fighting, and and he's and he and he comes up with a plan that Raiden. So Raiden can transport anyone anywhere anytime. So. So Cole tells Raiden, he says, okay, let's split everybody up. Like you, you, like you send me here and I'll fight this person. You send him there and he'll fight that person. So, so he transports Jax and Rako to the pit, you know, which is the iconic Mortal Kombat stage. They fight on the big bridge. There's spikes underneath, Mm -hmm. which I was disappointed because Jax did not knock Rako down into the spikes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so he sends Jax to Rako. They fight, and Jax beats him. He, like we mentioned earlier, he does the, 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 the head clap fatality move, which did look cool, you know, and, again, we, get, we did get a funny line from Jax after that. Um, you know, and, of course, uh, Sonya obviously gets sent to where, to where Kano is, and they fight. Sonya beats Kano. Um, which I, I will, I will give him this. It was kind of interesting the way she did it because she had like all these, all these like booby traps and hidden compartments in her trailer, which I thought that was creative, but, um, that's another underrated rivalry as well. Oh yeah. They've been fighting for a long time. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> and they always explore it too, you know, like in the games, like they always find a way to touch on the rivalry mm-hmm. between Kano and Sonya. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, yeah. And then, and then he sends Liu Kang and Cole to where Melina and Cabal are, and um, and uh, Liu Kang is able to beat Cabal using his fire his uh, fire dragon fatality, which also looked really cool. I like that as well. That was a nice shot, and um, and uh, Cole initially has a problem fighting Melina, but Sonya shows up and she now has Arcana as well because she killed Kano and the dragon marking that Kano had transferred over to her because like something they something they mention in this in this film is that anyone who has the marking if they get killed the marking transfers over to the person who killed them mm-hmm. so yeah sony gets the mark and she has her own arcana and and she's able to shoot her you know her pink energy blast at uh, at melina killing her which um which I, I thought was i thought was pretty cool too that did look cool like the way that shot through her and then you can see like her spine like <laughs> through her stomach but again it just made Cole looked not strong. Just yeah. made him look like he needed to be saved. <laughs> and he had his arcana. 
Yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay. Yeah. Which we didn't we didn't mention. Well, I'll throw this out there real quick. Cole's Arcana is a suit of armor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It's a suit of armor, which kind of like like absorbs energy like you notice like anytime someone hits him it kind of like glows and so he can like absorb that like energy like what the black panther suit does yeah 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 um I, I thought i didn't think that was bad i mean i thought it was cool i mean you know at least they at least they tried to give him something original like something unique give him like a suit of armor at the same time though i thought it was kind of dumb how they set it up because it's like you know, they they spent all that time where he couldn't tap into it. You know, he just can't figure out how to how to tap into that arcana, and he goes he goes home feeling useless. But then suddenly something happens. He's like, oh my god, I did it! I can do it. You know, I thought that was kind of dumb. The pseudo armor is crap. You didn't I'm like just, it. I'm just gonna be honest. With you. It's crap. <laughs> it's like out of all things you could give the guy a suit of armor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. But anyway, um, yeah, so uh, so everyone's been being Reiko's dead, Melina's dead, Cabal's dead, Kano's dead. All that's left is Sub-Zero, which originally the plan was for... Uh, save him for last. Yeah, was to save him for last. They could all team up on him because clearly he is the, uh, he, he's the strongest here. So, um, Which again, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you, it takes all of you to take down Sub-Zero. I like that, you know. I, 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 do. I like the idea of that. You would have never seen that in the past, though. Yeah, never. Yeah, but any with that being said, they still didn't use everyone they to didn't. beat him. No, they didn't. But we'll get there. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, while while they were fighting off all those other all those other um all those other fighters, um, Sub Zero finds Colt's family, mm-hmm. and he kidnaps them. Which I did, I did like, um, you know, and this is something that they do a couple of times throughout the film, that they make Sub-Zero look kind of like a horror character, you know, like the way he just kind of like pops up. I love like whenever, um, his, uh, Cole's wife, um, Allie is like, um, mm-hmm. uh, she's, uh, she's like walking past the door and then Sub-Zero just pops up like right in front of the door. I thought that was cool. That's like some Michael Myers shit right there. It was. <laughs> that was cool. Um, or like whenever, whenever he attacks, uh, whenever him and Jax fight, and he takes Jax's arms. He just pops up again. Some Michael Myers shit right there. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Sub Zero has Cole's family, and um, and he kind of like um, he kind of like goads Cole into coming after him. He jumps. He he comes through a portal and shows him that he has that he has Cole's family, and Cole jumps in after him, and they're back at the the gym where Cole was fighting like the beginning of the movie and the gym is like completely frozen solid. There's ice everywhere. And, um, and, uh, um, Cole and Sub-Zero start to fight. Initially, Sub-Zero is too strong for him, but, um, but, uh, Cole is able to, um, so Cole has Scorpion's, uh, uh, kunai, you know, that, that, um, that was used at the beginning of the film, like back during Feudal Japan. And Cole's blood gets on the kunai. He accidentally cuts himself with it. And Scorpion comes back, you know, um, back from the nether realm. Which he just, he just pops up. Right. Which, which, uh, I didn't, I didn't like how Scorpion was barely in this movie. We see, we do see him, like, 
two times, like aside from the beginning. We see him, obviously, we see him in the beginning. We see him two more times, like during the middle, because Cole is like having these dreams about him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then we see him again towards the end, and then that's it. I didn't like how minimal his his role was in this. I mean, it, you know, and he's the most popular character. Clearly, that this clearly this film revolved around Scorpion and Sub Zero, but Scorpion is kind of barely in the movie. Yes, but I can. I'm actually kind of okay with that, and you know, in the sense that that's it, what people want to see. You know, they do. I mean, yes, build we want to see, but I think for the the vast majority of us, we we know what's who Scorpion is and what he's capable of. Yeah, I think he in in, in any other um, Mortal Kombat adaptation, whether it's the animation, video game, everybody everybody knows that Scorpion is the most highlighted character. So to have him actually take sort of a step back. I'm okay with it because it gave somebody, it gave them a chance to show somebody else that can be just as strong as him. Right. So, yeah. but I, and, and and plus, when you take him away from most of the movie, all you all you want to do, you sat there through that whole movie wondering the next time you were gonna see him. It just it made you get through the whole movie because you knew you were gonna see him again. Mm-hmm. You knew that the the first fight was not it. Yeah. So it, it it kept it kept the audience towards the end because I'm going to be honest with you the movie was kind of hard to keep you in it throughout in my opinion I am 50-50 right. on the movie yeah. clear about that so I think saving <clears throat> Scorpion for the end it gave you a sense to okay I know he's going to come towards the end let me finish the movie let me get there so mm. and when he does come in he just he does come in kind of cool though yeah it was it was a cool like introduction right so so it excuse me, it wasn't a total loss, and I do I do definitely understand that they do want to kind of build it up, get people excited and wanting to see him because because you know that he is what most people want to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, and before we go any further, I do want to get this out of the way. I didn't mention it, uh, but I do want to get this out of the way. The whole sequence between like all the different fights, like Liu Kang and Cabal and stuff like that, like all those fights that was going on when everyone else gets killed off, I hated it. Because again, the way they intercut all the fights together, it's happening so quickly. It was and short. yeah, it's happening so quickly. They just run right through it, and I, I didn't like it. It's it, it all like it, it's just so it's so scattered, and I hate that. I don't like I, mm-hmm. I like I like singular fights. I like I like the focus to be one fight. I don't like how the focus is just everywhere in this. Mm-hmm. I just I just didn't like it. I feel like they could have. They could have invested a little more time into that, but clearly they just wanted to get through it. You know, like they like whenever they were shooting it or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they were just like, we need to get through this so that we can show mm-hmm. the big final battle. And I just, I just didn't like that. Yeah, and like I mentioned, I, I they 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 didn't set it up, uh, very good to me. Like I said, it didn't like I said the fights really didn't feel personal. It's just like Cole said, you go fight this person, you go fight that person. It's like okay. Mm-hmm. The only the only fight to me that actually really made sense was Kano and Sonya because that's, that, that's personal. personal. Yeah, everything else was re- literally just thrown together. Felt felt like at the last minute. Let's just get these guys out the way, and of course the real battle is at the if end. I, so, um, it was good choreography. It was just short, like yeah, you said, and too much cutting again. <laughs> if I was Liu Kang though in that situation, I would have been like, I fucking want Shang Tsung because he killed my friend. He fucking killed Kung Lao. But no, I'll take Cabal. <laughs> but like I said, they didn't they didn't make Liu Kang's character as as aggressive and strong as they usually do in the past. So that's what that's why I go back to Liu Kang kind of being a little more soft. He's not the leader, 
in this movie. Yeah. So, in, in which it was something we had as the you know original fans, we have to get used to. This cold young guy is the unheralded leader now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, Scorpion shows up, and you know, and we get the we get the the moment everybody's waiting for. He 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 throws a spear at at Sub Zero and yells, "Get over here!" and pulls and pulls him towards him. Which side note. They changed the, the 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 voice in that. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but if you watch the trailer, when Scorpion says "Get over here," and then you watch the movie when he says it, it sounds different. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> well, I may have. It's, it, this is one of those things where you got to watch a movie again to catch all the stuff you missed. I may have missed that. I think I did. So. Yeah, I immediately noticed it. And, we'll, and another thing that was weird, I kind of <laughs> felt like I heard like a like a like kind of like a slight change in quality. Whenever the, the the sound was going, because like right before he says "get over here," I kind of felt I kind of felt like I heard something like like they kind of just like pasted a different type of sound over the original, and 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 that was how I knew it was it was different, you know. And then and again, his voice was different too, which I kind of liked the voice in the trailer, you know. So I don't know why they changed it. I thought it sounded fine in the trailer, but <laughs> but for some reason they changed it here. Um, but yeah, anyway, so. So, um, so Scorpion, yeah, he's, you know, he does this get over here moment and then him and Sub-Zero start fighting while, um, while, uh, while Cole is trying to free his family. Cause like we had mentioned, Sub-Zero has Cole's family. He's got them frozen solid, um, in, in the, uh, in the cage, like of, of the, of the gym that they're in. They're not, they're not dead. They're still alive. They're just frozen. Right. And, um. Cause that made sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um. And so while uh, while Scorpion and Sub Zero fighting, Cole is trying to free his family. Sub uh, Scorpion, excuse me, Scorpion notices Cole, and then he just somehow figures out that Cole is his relative, and um, and uh, and then Cole Cole jumps in there and helps um, to help Scorpion fight Sub Zero, which um, which again. Way too much cutting in this, especially whenever Cole jumps in there, it gets even worse. Like it took away from the the big battle between the two stars, honestly. Yeah, um, and, and there was a moment too where the choreography kind of slowed down, like, like it, like, like there was like um they because they were going pretty quick, like Scorpion Sub Zero, like whenever it was just them two, the choreography was very slick and it was fast. But then, like, there's a moment where Cole jumps in, and they're in the cage, and it's kind of like, and they do use a wide shot. I, I did like how in this they actually did use some wide shots, but they still did cut quite a bit. Um, but there's a moment where it's there's like a wide shot, and and you see all three of them kind of fighting, and it looked like the choreography kind of slowed down a little bit, and I I immediately noticed it. It was like it was kind of obvious to me. I was just like, I, and I pointed out to my wife, I was like. I was like, they kind of slowed down right there, and it didn't look good. <laughs> um, yes, they. It, I think Sub Zero's choreography slowed down uh, more so than anybody, uh, which allowed Cole and Scorpion to get the other upper hand. I think that um, if anything, they should have just did what would have been should have been obvious, which was Cole saves his family and he gets them out of there they just go to the corner or somewhere and let scorpion and sub-zero do their thing him being in the battle um it made it look like scorpion needed his help when i don't think he did 
Um, well, he, I guess, yeah, but he's 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 the I main get, guy I here. You know, so I, they got I get it, but if I get it, but you have been getting your ass kicked the whole movie. You don't get to come in at the end and make the big save. You don't. So <laughs> that that should have been rewritten. That I, like this movie was delayed a week. They should have edited that in that week. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would have cost too much, probably. I would have um, paid it. <laughs> use, use some of that DSB money. Or, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so so Cole helps Scorpion beat Sub Zero, and Scorpion kills Sub Zero using his uh, his his a uh, his flaming skull, like shooting fire fatality. I'm sure there's a name for it, and I just messed it up. But that's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> so I just wanted to be known. This win does not count. Doesn't count, no. <laughs> but yeah, he he burns he burns Sub Zero alive, and uh, and that's it. Sub Zero's dead. So um, yeah. So uh, so uh, Scorpion he tells he tells Cole, you know, he he thanks him for freeing him and tells him to look after his family, look after the the Hasashi bloodline, and he excuse me, he leaves. He, he's he's there and then he's gone, which you know. Again, that's what everyone. That's what everybody wanted to see, and Scorpion does kind of get his own closure right there. So, it um, it I, I guess it, it only all took a couple centuries. Yeah, <laughs> it all it all worked out in the end. But um, but yeah. So uh, so after after Sub Zero is killed and Scorpion leaves, Raiden and Jax and Sony and Liu Kang come back, and uh, and then Shang Tsung shows up, and he he warns Raiden that even though even though they've won. They've won this fight. It's not over, you know. Uh, like he said, he says death is just another portal, which, which you know, is obvious. They're obviously kind of foreshadowing that all these people that that were killed will come back in some in some shape or form. Um, and, and but then Raiden uh, Raiden sends Shang Tsung back back to Outworld along with uh, along with all of his uh, all of his other. Uh, henchmen, I'll say, <laughs> dead disciples. Yeah, um, and uh, and then and, and and then at this point, everyone looks at Raiden like, well, what do we do now? Because you know, obviously, Shang Tsung is not finished. He'll be back. You know, this isn't over. And Raiden says, well, we're gonna go find more fighters. We're gonna find more uh, more more champions. You know, to uh, you know, to uh, to stand against our world. And um. And then our movie ends with Cole Young deciding that he's going to go to Hollywood. Why? To find Johnny Cage. And we see a we see a poster of one of Johnny Cage's movies, more specifically Citizen Cage. And um and uh <laughs> yeah, so we see that poster and then the movie is over. That is Mortal Kombat 2021. Um I I do have I do have mixed feelings on it, you know, and, and, and that's, and we you know you do as well, Ontarius, but I think, um, overall, I do think that this is a decent entry. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it, it's a decent starting point, you know, good starting point. Um, I definitely want to see more, you know, I, I definitely don't, I don't want this to be the end. I, I'm willing to stick with these characters and with this story and see where else it goes. So I, I do, I do definitely want to see more. And I think, I think, they, I think having sequels and spinoffs and stuff like that, it'll definitely give them a chance to expand more because because of how short this movie is, they didn't expand a lot on on a lot of things and and I think and I definitely want them to have a chance to do stuff like that in in the future. 
Um, yeah, like I said, I um the reason why I'm uh not going to necessarily write the movie out because I understand that it is a <clears throat> a gateway to future movies. Um it was very rushed, uh but we did get to get some 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 backstory. Um uh, we got to see some foreshadowing to at least uh, every everything is set up. It, it, sure. Like I said, it's a, it's a setup movie, so I you know I think for what it was, they did okay. Um, they got to find a way to bring back Kung Lao. That's all I'm gonna mm-hmm. say on that. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's 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 fifty fifty. Um, hopefully, if we do get the rest of the movies, they'll spend a little bit more time um, on the stories and the fights. Hopefully, don't they don't rush right into it like they did. In this movie, so I really hope the fights, like if we get more, if we get more films in the future, I really hope they do kind of figure out how to how to shoot the fights better because that was my biggest problem with this. You know, everybody wants to see the fights, and and everybody does seem to like them, and that's fine. You know, you 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 know, if if you like it, you like it, and if you don't, then you don't. You don't have to like it. You don't have to dislike it. But you know, for me. You know, and because I watch so many so many kung fu films, I guess I just I get kind of nitpicky when it comes to the fights. I wish they were not shot the way they were, and I hope that they fix that in the future. <clears throat> you can only hope. Yeah, I can only hope. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, overall, I do think that this is a decent entry. I did I didn't hate it. There were things that I liked and things that I didn't. Um. But uh, but yeah, I I definitely do want to see more. I I definitely I definitely do not want this to be the end. Like we got we got to have more because if we don't, if they decide that this movie was a failure and that and that they're they're not going to move forward with the sequel, um, or a spinoff or anything like that, then in about ten years from now we're going to get another <laughs> reboot, and I do not want that. <laughs> I think that. Uh... Just if you were a fan for you've been a fan for a while, just. Lower your expectations before you watch it. I think that'll be very helpful in watching it. Because if you're going in expecting this gory, awesome video game-like movie, that's that's not what it was. So I think that a lot of people's expectations are going to be crushed um, because it's not what we expect it to be. But like I said um, before we started filming... I didn't really see too much in the trailer that made me think it was going to be any better than what it was. I felt like they gave us the best that they could, and it almost felt like they did that because the story just wasn't going to live up to our expectations. So, I thought the trailer looked really good, you know, and, and, I, and I felt, the, you know, whenever the trailer came out, I felt I was wrong about the movie. You know, I thought the trailer looked really good. I was like, I was thinking, this movie might be, might be better than I thought it was going to be, and and it and again, it, on some level, it is. It, it it is better than I thought it was gonna be because, like I said, I I didn't hate it. There were a lot of things I thought were really cool, and there were a lot of things that I thought were kind of sucky. But um, but uh, I still, I still think I think fans in general, um, will like it because and just based on what I've seen, most of them are 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 proud of of what we got. You know that they, they are satisfied and um. And uh, you know, and a lot of people who wanted to see the blood and the guts, they do get that. I think they could have done more with that. Like, and and this is just this is just me talking. I think I think the action, like aside from the cutting away and stuff like that, again, very solid choreography. I didn't like how the how the way they were edited, but um, I think 
I think overall the action was very tame because you know it, the it's pretty pretty um uh, what's the word I'm looking for the it, the violence is very minimal until the end of a fight when we get a fatality which that that is that is how it was um or is in the games you know like it's it, it's just kind of fighting and then then we get a fatality at the end or a brutality or something like that so that but throughout that fighting we we get the blood and guts until we get to the end. Yeah. I think that's missing. Like yeah, you I think that you can you can be hit and and, and bleed and and hurt until can, the very end. It's you can okay still, to do. Yeah, you can yeah, do that. You can you can still like um They kept them safe until the end. Yeah, and yeah, I would have liked to actually feel a lot of the, a lot of those hits, you know, again I bring this up so often, but the raid, dude. Like, like when you watch when you watch that movie and you watch those fights, like you feel everything. That's just me. I don't know about you, but for me, like I I felt everything. Those those fights overall are so brutal. Not just how they end, but the whole thing overall. And here, I just felt like they, like they didn't do that, and I I think they could have. Like they most certainly could have done that. Yes. Um. I get what you're saying about certain movies. Any anytime you you hit, you get an impactful punch. It, it makes you feel like you got hit in that same spot. It makes you tense up. And I, I didn't get that in this. Um, like a, I I think that they I think they held back a lot um, as far as the the actual pain and and violence and and gore. Even though you did get some of it, they they held back a lot. And like I said, I hope they're saving it for the future movies. But that that just goes back to you just have to you have to lower your expectations if you're thinking video game. That's not what it is. Right. Yeah. There. But um. But there's always there's always room for improvement. There's there's so much they can do in the future. And and again, I really hope that they um. I really hope that they decide to move forward. You know, because we do need we do need more. It has to move forward. Yeah. We have because if, if we, we go another to, ten we years, we that's the last movie that we get. No. Yeah, we can't just stop right there. We're going to just get a whole bunch of fans to do their own little movie. We're going to all put it <laughs> together and send it off to Hollywood. This yeah. is what it should be. Yeah, that's that's what it should be. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and uh, the cast overall, really good. I really like the cast. Like they're all, all their performances were very solid. Sub-Zero and Kano were obviously the standouts, but, uh, you know, Looney Lin's Liu Kang, he was good. Max Wong as Kung Lao was great, you know, despite how, despite how little of him we got. Um, I think Sonya Blade did the best. She was really good too. Yeah, Jessica McNamee was was good. I, I liked her. She she definitely had the look and her and her performance was really good as well. And so she was strong. She was really oh strong. yeah yeah definitely. Um, you know, and I, I like how I like how you know again she didn't have the dragon marking and everybody was just kind of ripping her apart for it. Mm-hmm. But you know she she showed that you know. Well, I I may not be a chosen one, but I can still kick ass. And she could have had it early in the movie because she had a chance to kill Kano before they got there. And she didn't do it. She didn't. Yeah. So she could have had it already. Yeah. But um. But yeah. Again, she 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 proved that she can still kick ass even even before she ended up getting the dragon marking. Mm-hmm. So um. So it all worked out anyway. She could be cold. <laughs> yeah. Um. I feel like a lot of people could beat him, <laughs> except Goro, obviously, for some reason. Yeah, Goro can't beat Cole. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I think um, I, I think this I think this was solid. You know, I, I definitely um, 
I'll probably wa I'll watch it again. You know, I was going to watch it. Like I said, I was going to watch it again today. I, I didn't. I'll probably watch it maybe tomorrow or something like that if I, if I feel like it. But I'll definitely probably check it out a second time. I will only watch it a second time if I'm watching it with somebody who hasn't seen it already. Because if you've already seen it and you ask me to watch it, it's not happening. <laughs> but I'll give them, I'll give them, if I'm going to grade the movie, I'll give it a C. A C? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't usually grade movies, but I'll just say I, I agree with you. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Pass, fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Mortal Kombat 2021, guys. Um, definitely, uh, Definitely watch the movie. You know, I mean, if you're yeah, if you're a if you have you, to yeah if you are a fan, you owe it to yourself to watch it because you know d despite however we feel about it, mm -hmm. it's been almost 25 years since we got a Mortal Kombat movie, and um you know we've had a lot of different things. I'm 25 years old, you guys. Um yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's it, it's been, it's been a a lifetime for for Monterius. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. since birth. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, and I was I was like four whenever the whenever. The uh, annihilation came out. <laughs> Just a little cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check it out. I mean, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you owe it to yourself to see this because of how long it's been, you know. And we've all been wanting this movie, so it's and it's finally here. So yeah, check it out. Go ahead, go ahead and do it because because um, you you won't regret it. You know, whether whether you hate it or not, I think you'll still get some type of satisfaction that you finally did see it. Yes, Team Sub Zero. Yeah, exactly. Team Sub Zero, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for today, guys. Before we go, I'll remind you that um, episode fourteen of the Kung Fu Cinema is coming up next. It's going to be on May first of twenty twenty one. We are going to be looking at Rush Hour two, and um, uh, I don't know if Monterius can be back for that one, but if you can, it'd be it'd be really great because you know this is this is Rush Hour. This What's is the date? May first. <laughs> First, mm, that's two week, two weeks from now, right? I think it's one yeah. week actually. Oh yeah, it's oh it's next. It's next week, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, I may not. Maybe, may maybe not. not. I know. May, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's rush hour, man. We got we got to talk have, rush hour together. <laughs> I understand that. I understand yeah. that. I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do. Man. Yeah, definitely. I'll see what I can do. But yeah, episode fourteen is going to be on May first. We're talking rush hour two. Definitely looking forward to that one. I love rush hour two, and it's uh. It's uh, it's got some really great moments, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Um, but uh, yeah. So, and uh, uh, one more thing: don't forget to check out um, don't forget to check out my Facebook and my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Caleb Bryant Nine. For my Facebook page, go to facebook.com/slash Kung Fu Cinema Nine. And if you have questions or watch suggestions, you can send them to my mailbag, which is Caleb Bryant eighty four at gmail.com. And uh, also, I want to give Monteris a chance to plug DSB. So, uh, Monteris, where can we find Destination Sports? Um, yes, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at DSB underscore brand. Our website is www.destinationsportsbrand.com. Um, right now, we have a 15% off sale on all products. So, make sure you guys come check us out and uh, reach your destination. That's right. <laughs> Tagline. Right. Yeah. All right. But uh but yeah, that's it for today, guys. Thanks a lot. And until May first, we will see you very soon. So take care, guys.